tonight on forecast. The forecast. I'm going to jump right into it. I feel the leading of the Lord. You don't have to sit down. You can stand. I'm going to read a few verses. And we're going to go with what the Lord's doing right now. Don't lose this, this aspect of worship. We don't need a piano. We don't need anybody to sing. It says this in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thickness as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people a strong, and a strong, there hath not, not been ever the like, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. And the land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of worship in this house. And Lord, we ask you to lead this service. Holy Ghost, take over. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Amen. I know it doesn't sound like an encouraging portion of scripture, but I want to read to, to, read to you one more time verse 2. Just part of that verse. A day of darkness and of gloominess. A day of clouds and of thick darkness. Catch what it says in verse 3. A fire before them and behind them a flame burneth. And the land is a garden of Eden before them or a land of plenty before them. And as they pass through it, it is a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Joel is believed to be prophesying of Israeli captivity. But I believe these verses are fitting to the day that we live in now. A place of darkness, of gloominess, a day of thick, of clouds and of thick darkness. I saw something earlier today. I, I just caught it on, on my way home from work. And there was a question asked of a journalist, is the world ending? I don't know if this man is a man of faith or not, but this reporter asked, is the world ending? He says, families are decaying and falling apart. There is political division in all areas of the world, not just in this nation. And there is conflict between multiple people groups we Are we witnessing the end of the world? He goes on to say that there is the fall of religious thought and religious thinking. Morality is at an all-time low and mental issues are at an all-time high. The things that we consider facts that we know and have known for millenniums to be facts, such as gender, you are born a man or you are born a woman, those are just now considered to be fluid or subject to change. 
There are things that we know as being believers in Christ to be true. But now, just like the Bible predicted, things that are good are now considered evil, and things that are evil are considered good. We live in a dark day. We live, I would dare say, in the darkest of days. You can't get, I, I really, I, what's crazy is the Bible depicts that it will get worse. And he's, it's hard to imagine that a nation or a world could get much worse than this. We see day in and day out uh, the headlines and what's going on in the world. Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. That war is still ongoing. Not to mention the war against uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia and Turkey. Uh, the conflicts there. But now not only in that section of the world uh, is that going on, but if you go a little further south of there, Hamas has invaded and, and, and persecuted and, and tortured and killed and murdered and pillaged people in civilians in Israel and now they're at war with Hamas but not only Hamas but with Hezbollah and Iran there's all these things going on and it looks like it is a very dark day it's very dark a very very dark day we see that the Bible tells us in this passage of scripture that there is not this, there's not a day like it, nor will there be for many generations. Uh, uh, young people hear me tonight. You are witnessing something uh, that hasn't been seen for generations. We're talking nothing. This, uh, the, the world has not been in such an uproar, I believe, since World War II. There, there's never been such a tumultuous time or, or a, a time filled with, filled with so much turmoil. Uh, but we see here in Joel chapter 2, Joel is giving this prophecy and he's saying, understand this, that it is a dark day and it is coming and is even now. I believe it's now on this earth that it is here, it is coming. But catch this, he says, nothing will escape it. Doesn't sound like there's any hope, right? But he does not leave it there. That's not where the man of God Leaves this there. Here, here, understand this. Joel is an interesting figure. Nobody knows who Joel is. All they know is he is a man of God and his name. He literally on the historical record came about in a certain time, prophesied and disappeared. Nobody knew really much about him. Nobody knew where he came from. Historians don't know hardly anything about him. But he had a word from the Lord for his day, and I believe the word that God gave him is for this day as well. We find that in verse 10 of this chapter that he says there will, the earth will quake, the heavens will tremble, and the sun and the moon will go dark, and even the stars will withdraw from shining. The Bible continues and says in this passage of scripture that, that there is a way, there is, a, there is something that is going to happen in this day for God's people if they turn. We, we've talked a little bit about turning in, in, a, in a few weeks ago. We talked about this, uh, but the Lord says in verse number 12, uh, 
He says this, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and with mourning. I believe everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, you're in this house and you understand the day that you're living in. I can say with confidence that the majority of you understand biblically the importance of the time that we're living in. And I believe, I know amongst us men, there's been fasting going on this week. There's been prayer. There's been supplication. And what the Lord says through the prophet Joel is, listen, if you will begin to fast, begin to weep, and begin to mourn, something will change. Catch this with me. We read at the beginning portion of this chapter that there was a forecast given. It's going to be a day of darkness. It's going to be a day of gloominess. It is going to be a day of thick clouds full of darkness. It seems like there, he even says there's not going to be a day like it. That's not a good forecast. It doesn't sound like to me. I don't want to hear that it's going to be dark, overcast, and gloomy. I'll tell you one thing I don't like is the last week I, had to, I got called out a few times, had to work in the rain. When it's this cold and it's raining, it just chills you to the bone. I can't stand it. I'd rather it just snow. I take snow all the time. I'd rather it just snow. But there's something I don't like about that cold rain. And what the forecast is, it seems at the beginning of this chapter, is something that doesn't seem very encouraging. No one will escape this darkness. This darkness will take over everything. Hear me today. For some reason in the American church, we have this mindset because God is good. That means that we don't have to go through anything. That means that we're Christians and we shouldn't face any adversity. Read your New Testament and tell me where that is biblical. All them died believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They died giving their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe, we have this mindset that because we are Christians, I believe that they say, well, I don't understand why these things happen. I'll tell you this, I don't understand why everything happens, but I understand this, that God will work all things for the good that love him and are called according to his purpose. I don't know why there's pain. I don't know why there's hurt. Actually, I do know why. It's because we sinned. We have fallen short. We live in a sinful world. I don't understand everything that happens. I don't understand why people die young or, or there's divorces and there's breakups. I don't understand all these things. But I will tell you this. this. We live in a world that is full of darkness and things we don't understand. But what God begins to say to the prophet Joel is he doesn't say, he doesn't say anywhere that, that, that perhaps things are going to turn around. Things are this. He says that there is something that you can do in the middle of it to turn the tide and the trajectory of the forecast. He's saying through your fasting and through your prayer and through your supplication to God, you can turn, you can catch this, you can change the atmosphere, thus affecting the weather. Amen. Thus affecting the weather. Hear me tonight, because we don't understand sometimes. We want God to deliver us out of everything, but you don't, we, we, we don't want God to, to bring us through a thing. 
There's times God delivers you out of a thing, but there's times God brings you through a thing. Why? Because it builds your faith. And you know when everything's falling apart, you still have a foundation that you can stand on. What would it teach my children if I gave them everything they wanted? If I got them out of every situation they got themselves into, they would be brats. God is a good father. He's saying, let me teach you to have faith during some of these difficult times. But we see, he says, if you turn with fasting, weeping, and mourning. (coughs) Excuse me. He said, rend your heart in verse 13 and not your garments and turn unto the Lord for he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. He goes on and says, listen, you need to blow a trumpet. You need to call everyone together. We need to sanctify the congregation. We need to get ready. I believe what we've been going through in this nation this year is there has been a remnant of the church that has risen up and said, you know what? We have to have revival. It's not God. I want revival. God, hear me tonight. I think there's a a group of people that have said we have no choice but to have a move of God. This nation cannot make it another decade. Hear this preacher tonight without a move of God. I don't know what the world my children are going to live in unless we have a move of God. We have to begin to change the forecast. It's a dark day. It's a terrible day. But when the people of God begin to cry out, God will turn those clouds of darkness and gloominess and he will cause it to begin to rain. You see, you think that the the darkness and the the cloudiness that has come over this world uh, is here to destroy us. Uh, Understand there's an antichrist uh, that desires to destroy this world, uh, that desires to destroy the church, uh, that desires to do these wicked things. Uh, But in the middle of it all, uh, in spite of the darkness, uh, this is what Joel said. uh, In that afterward, uh, in the last days, I will pour up my spirit, uh, says the Lord. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and dream dreams. Understand, I know what it looks like outside these walls. I know what's going on in this world. But despite the darkness, I hear the sounds of the abundance of rain. Hear me. Step into the move of God. Get ready. Gird yourself pick yourself up and say God I don't care what it looks like I know that rain is coming they'll come to the music tonight hear me he goes on before I skipped ahead of myself and got to, to verse 28 but he says this in verse 23 he says this that he had given the former rain moderately, but he will cause it, he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first 
month. That meant I'm not just going to give you good rain. I'm not going to give you just the early season rain and the latter season rain. I'm going to bring the rain together and I'm going to give it to you in a season where it should not come. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the rain when it should not come. I'll give it to you in the first month. Hear me. Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 10. It tells us a story. Joshua's made an alliance. with the city-state. They're being attacked because they're in alliance with Joshua. They surround that city. They send messengers out. They get messengers to Joshua. They say, listen, you gotta come. You gotta help us. You swore an oath to us. We're surrounded on every side. It's the darkest day in their city's history. Joshua prays, gets the men of war. He says, get ready, we're going. And the Bible says he marched them all night long. And when before the breaking of the day, it says he suddenly came upon them. You know what that means? They weren't expecting it. The world ain't ready for what the remnant's ready for. World ain't gonna know what hit it. Because there's been a people of God that says, I've seen that the forecast is dark. I've seen that the forecast is gloomy. Maybe it's been that way over your life. Maybe it's been that way over your children. Maybe it's been that way over your marriage. It's been dark and it's been gloomy. don't understand is as it said in verse 12 he said if you fast and you weep and you mourn you call out repentance that's what he's saying if you say God we need you to turn this thing around we'll turn around we'll face you we'll come after you if my people are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land that's the principle same principle What you don't know, what you don't know is what happens in our life. And listen, I've been there. There's there's times in your life you feel like you stay there. You feel like your prayer ain't doing nothing. Anybody ever been there? Raise your hand. Be honest. We've all we've all had those situations, and it's like, God, I know you're hearing me, but I'm not sensing anything. I'm not seeing anything. you don't understand that your prayers and your worship are going into the atmosphere in a spiritual realm in a spiritual sense and what happens on a cloudy day and an overcast day overcast day is if the water in that cloud becomes so heavy it can no longer hold on to those droplets of water and it must pour out is my prayer doing anything 
Oh, it's making the atmosphere heavy. Oh, someone needs to hear that tonight. You, don't, you, you say, oh God, I'm just, I'm just saying simple prayers. So young people, hear me. There's nothing wrong with a simple prayer. We, we, we've made prayer something. Oh God, thou, thou, thou art lovely. and thou, Listen, I talk to God as if I, I talk to a friend. I have a relationship with him. I honor him. I respect him. I revere him. Don't understand. I don't talk to him like he's my bro. But I talk to him like he's my father. With honor and respect. Alright, you catch me there? But I understand this, is I know from life experience, pastor knows from life experience, that the, 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 the parents of this house and grandparents of this house know by experience, your praying is not in vain. It is invading the atmosphere. You are changing the forecast in your life by praying and weeping and mourning and say, God, I need you. The forecast says it's just going to be overclassed. It's going to be dark and gloomy. He didn't say anything at that beginning portion that it was going to rain. He didn't say that. He just said it was dark. If you read it in the original language in the Hebrew where it says it's dark and it's gloomy and then there's clouds, thick clouds of darkness, what, what the writer is saying in the Hebrew is it's dark, really dark, and super dark. More or less, it's, it's saying how, it's emphasizing how dark it is. A pitch black. But here's what I know. Garrett, can you do me a favor? Can you sh- shut off the lights? Can you turn off the light in the sound room? Kids, don't scream. All of them. I don't need to see nothing. It's pretty dark in here, but it's not pitch pitch black. But the writer says it's going to be dark. It's going to be gloomy. And it's going to be so thick that the clouds are going to even be dark. Not just gray, but dark, black. But church, tell me what better time for the light to shine than when it's at its darkest point. Hear me. I know we hear that a lot, but understand Scripture along with this teaching. We sing a song, fill my life so they may see, or that they or fill my life so they may see you, God, that they may glorify you, God. That's Scripture. Jesus said on the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, He said that you are to be a city set on a hill, a light, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Why? So they may see your works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You want to know what's so powerful about this? I know as an electrician by trade that where there's light, there's power. Where there's light, there's power. Why is it so important to be a light when it's dark? It's because that shows everyone around you where the power is. You can turn the lights on. 
what the forecast says. But I know what the church is capable of. He gives that prophecy and it's emphasized on the day of Pentecost. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We read that. If you go through, he said the blood, uh, the moon will be turned into blood. The sun will be blotted out. Have you ever thought about that? He's saying he's going to pour out his spirit when it's dark. Never thought about it that way. He said, but the moon, when, when the moon's bright and gray and white, it, when it's a full moon and a cloudless night, you can see pretty well. But he said, I will turn the moon into blood, dampening its light, and I will eclipse the sun. But understand, before he even says that, he says, but my spirit is poured out. better time to shine the brightest. What better time for people to see the S-O-N, the sun. I know what the forecast says, but they forgot one thing, Tyler. They said it was going to be dark, gloomy and dark, but Tyler, they forgot to say, with a chance of rain. chance of rain comes from us. Keep praying for those lost children. Sister Mary, because the clouds are getting heavy. Keep praying for healing because the clouds are getting heavy. We sang that song, I think it was Sunday night maybe. Lightning and thunder, miracles and wonders, sounds of many waters heaven on earth I believe we'll see it all those things are present when it's dark those dark clouds come thunder lightning the sound of many waters comes with rain it turns a river into a raging river but understand this, this is also what is depicted in heaven in Revelation that around his throne there were flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder. And there flowed a river from Emmanuel's veins. It's heaven on earth. I'm not preaching kingdom now, the kingdom now theology, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying as long as the Holy Spirit is present in the people of God, there is still hope beyond this day. Stand with me tonight. I've preached too long. We've talked about it at men's prayer meeting. This world is looking for something. There's a man that has a very, very famous a podcast. He's very outspoken about his atheism. 
But in recent days, he's begun to say, I see no other religion fault like Christianity. He said, there's something about the Bible and the Christianity that provokes people to anger. But it also provokes the believer to kindness. There's another man that has a similar podcast that is at the forefront of the study of the brain. And when asked in a recent interview, do you believe in God? Because everyone in his field doesn't. He says, as I continue to study the human mind, there is no doubt in my mind that God is real. No, Zeke. Zeke wants to, he's reaching for me. But I want them to not grow up in darkness, but see the light. I want them to grow up around the light. My daughters, my nephews, my nieces. But what I'm going to call us to a place to do tonight is to change the forecast. tells us in Joel 2 he says rejoice he goes on to say I'm going to bless you if you repent you, you fast you call out to God I'm going to bless you he said rejoice for the Lord will do great things I'm telling you you better get ready we've been you say oh I've heard that a lot get ready get ready no hear me hear what pastor's been preaching hear what I'm saying tonight you better get ready because to the remnant of God's people that are crying out it's going to rain and all them seeds you placed in the ground are going to begin to spring forth so come to these altars tonight they're open you say give me something to pray for no just soak the atmosphere with with prayer to say God forgive this nation forgive us if we've ever grown lukewarm Jesus we want more of you we want what you have we want what you desire give us more of your spirit give us more of your power hey everyone thanks for